Dear Bramblings, it's your Uncle Luke here. Everybody, welcome back. Season two, I'm back. We've got a nice little lineup of guests and episodes to show you, and I'm so excited to be back. I'm so glad to have actually taken a small hiatus as well because my word, did I need it? I started losing a lot of my momentum and a lot of my uh, drive to keep pushing things out, and you know, since since the event of uh, my friend Ryan passing away, having some space and time to heal, think, reassess has been probably one of the best things I've done for myself. So thank you everyone for your patience uh, waiting for the next batch of conversations. I'm so excited to bring you them. In this uh, first episode of season two, uh, today I am going to be bringing you uh, one of my old high school friends, Nicole Panton. Nicole is a former actress, dancer, and film uh, expert, now turned electrical trades construction woman, and uh, she has recently started posting a lot of her journeys and experiences on TikTok which has actually uh, gained a, quite a bit of following right now. She has currently 56.8 thousand followers on TikTok and growing. On TikTok, she likes to show what it's been like going from film to trades. She likes to show little tips and tricks of the electrical world and uh, what she's learned. She also likes to show and break down the cis-heteronormative stereotypes that exist in construction work life culture and she talks to us a lot about how it's one of the best experiences of her life and she's so happy to have made the switch and we i think we talk a little bit about legacy as well and how we want to create a life in which when we are no longer here people can still enjoy what we've created and that's something that she and I definitely share is our want and need to create a better life for future generations. And so yeah, I'm so excited to have Nicole onto the show. I know that this is her first podcast, and I'm so honored and grateful to have had her experience what podcast life is like on the Dear Brambling podcast. And um, yeah, I am really excited to bring this conversation to you. I should, however, warn you that I go into detail about the traumatic event that I went through recently. And so if you want to skip that story, I'm going to be leaving some timestamps in the description. I do want to just preface this conversation by saying like this will have a story about the death of someone. And I do want you to use your boundaries and limits when listening, take breaks if needed, 
or just skip it completely and, you know, respect yourself because it's traumatic. And um, I want to give my wholehearted thanks to Nicole for compassionately sitting with me while I tell this story. And also a wholehearted apology if uh, I gave you an unexpected shock. I did not mean to do that. Um, However, I knew that I needed to get this uh, story out as fast as I could. Uh, So I didn't regret it later. You know, I I really just want to make sure everyone knows where I'm coming from. And yeah, just uh, go follow her. She's great. I think uh, something we also talk about is uh, one of her TikToks that was incredibly thought-provoking, and it really talks about capitalism and work culture and equality in a really profound and fascinating way. And uh, I'm excited to share this conversation with you guys. And yeah, you know what? Without any further ado, let's just jump right in. Um, yeah, Nicole, I am so happy to have you on, and I am so happy that you're okay with me being your first podcast experience, and I, I just feel so honored as well. I don't know, I was getting nervous before this conversation, because I'm like, oh, it's, well, this is the first conversation of my season two, I guess you could say. Oh. I'm currently, this summer, I'm, I have a whole bunch of conversations lined up, and we're going to be recording them. And yeah, you're the first conversation I'm having, and I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what's been on your mind? What's been on your heart these days? Like, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? Oh, my God. <laughs> I am just busy. <laughs> I'm so busy. Yeah. Yeah, electrical has consumed my life, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actually shockingly surprised about how much I like it (laughs) that's awesome this has been a big kind of shift and I've been seeing that you're really enjoying it yeah like starting with film and then now doing this electrical full-time construction work and then uh being able to make videos about it through TikTok Mm -hmm. is actually more time consuming than I thought it would be but it's 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 been really nice and the people the feedback have been like oh so nice wow um I've been really grateful oh my gosh it's kind of weird honestly like 10 years of my film career no one really cared but within a couple months of showing electrical work all of a sudden people are like wow she's so funny and wow look at her go like like where have you been before (laughs) it's so weird honestly it is so weird why why do you think that is actually Do, do you have any theories or um someone told me 
actually every girl or every person their dream is to try and be an actress or like some or maybe just in Vancouver I don't know but like everyone knows someone who's trying to make it somehow like that and then to do electrical that's so unique all of a sudden that it's like whoa who are you what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so strange because I don't know for me growing up as like an artist kind of guy who did dance I'd be like tell me more about that dance tell me more about that show you were in (laughs) yeah what that's the dream electrical what no yeah that's interesting yeah well uh Nicole I was just curious would you be down to tell me just like a bit more about your story you know like anything about your life tell tell us about you (laughs) I'm a little ginger from New West. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I uh, am very artsy. I was really into horses. Nice. But I'm also very allergic to grass. So like that. Doesn't mix. Didn't end up. Uh, yeah, not mix. Yeah, got into film. Got to be in some shows. That's cool. Got to do some k-pop dancing and meet some like really cool people and go traveling Mm -hmm. yeah just kind of enjoyed my 20s i guess and then near the end of my 20s it's like hmm maybe i should try something else Mm -hmm. try and challenge myself a little bit put myself out of my comfort zone and uh here i am Mm -hmm. in trades wow (laughs) yeah so you said uh, you grew up in New West, and so then that's how we knew each other, is that we went to school together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're in, like, one of my English classes. Yes. Yeah. I think so. My word. Wow, that brings Here me Here we are, years later. No! <laughs> Has it been 12 years since high school? I'm sick. I'm already sick. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like time going by too fast. It's it's freaking me I'm, out. I'm 30 now. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, me That's too. Crazy. I'm so excited for 30 though. Yeah. Like I all I'm manifesting all good things and I just feel good. I feel like I could take everything from my 20s and like really apply it to my 30s mm-hmm. and then just go with it. Mm. And leave all the bad stuff behind that I uh, that I learned. <laughs> yeah, well, the bad stuff is there for a good reason, I suppose, and makes the 30s all the best. That's not that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I just turned 30 as well in March, and it was both the best day and the worst day of my life. Oh. Yeah. Tell me, tell me more. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I well, gotta brace myself. <laughs> it's possible, like actually no definitely a trigger warning um but yeah i uh my mom surprised me with a surprise birthday party at one of the local pubs here in new west it was karaoke night and um my cousins came over my brother drove all the way from interior bc just to surprise me as well oh my god um i had some of my coworkers come and my mom just organized it all she just kind of like went through my network of friends and was like hey come on over and um during the night my old uh next door neighbors showed up 
and I was like, what the hell? What are you doing here? And yeah, it was so much fun. Such a blast. Had a lot to drink. And um, <laughs> yeah, we we stayed there till like, I don't know, 1 a.m. The bar just finally kicked us out. They're like, okay, guys, go. And it was uh, me, uh, my three cousins, my brother, and my little next door neighbor, Ryan. And um, we decided that we wanted to go to a park nearby that's a little bit below street level. So there's these stairs that kind of, you know, pure park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, we, uh, wanted to go down the stairs at Pier Park and, um, my friend Ryan had this bold idea to, wanted to, uh, slide down the railings of the stairs. And I looked at him and I said, don't do that. And, uh, the moment I finished saying, don't do that, he had fallen all the way to Front Street and, um, I was the first on the scene. I climbed the fence and I slid down the cliff and uh, my cousin Ben uh, followed after. I started giving him mouth to mouth and um, Ben was giving him chest compressions and uh, we kept going until paramedics showed up, but then he was pronounced dead on the scene. (laughs) What? Yeah. I was not expecting that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I'll have to decide if I want to keep that into the podcast, but yeah, that was my 30th birthday. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of dealing with that. Um, lots of uh, trauma, lots of existentialism, lots of uh, fear of the future, fear of death um that's been my life these days yeah (laughs) oh my goodness Mm -hmm. i i thought i had a kind of rough 30th but like i i'm so sorry that yeah my my i can't even like say anything about mine (laughs) compared to that oh yeah no it definitely felt like um welcome to adulthood (laughs) (laughs) goodbye to your childhood friend um yeah it's kind of brutal um but yeah you know what it just shows you that like anything can happen at any time Mm -hmm. like like don't take anything for granted like you never know Mm -hmm. if like oh you never know oh that just made me so sad oh i'm so sorry (laughs) Didn't mean to make you so sad, but... How are you doing now, since it's been, like, a couple months later? Mm -hmm. How are you dealing with all that? Well, at first, it was a lot of... I got a lot of text messages, a lot of Facebook messages, just being like, so sorry for your loss, like, thinking about you, oh my god, I have no words. A lot of this, just a huge outpouring of support, and the shock was still is sometimes kind of very hard to get over and uh it was nice to just constantly be getting text messages from people we had this little check-in uh circle going around where i just had this routine of like five o'clock every day i'm just gonna send a message checking in checking in and now that it's been about three months ish since the incident everyone's kind of getting back to their real life 
and kind of leaving me a little bit and I've been able to like support myself in some way, but it kind of feels like I'm walking on a broken leg right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I maybe, maybe not a broken leg, but like, I've got a cast on, I'm walking with the, the crutches and everything. And I'm just kind of like, Could someone talk to me. <laughs> um, so I've been kind of feeling a little bit alone in that way. And um, it's, it's a weird, another hurdle to get over, but I am making it through. I'm doing all right. And a few things that I've noticed since the event that have been incredibly helpful is self-compassion, saying things to myself where I uh, am showing an outpouring of love to myself, kind of just saying like, I love you, Luke, I love you, Luke, I love you, Luke, I love living, I love living, I love my life, and uh, connecting with others. And uh, yeah, connecting with others makes me feel like um, I got someone else there with me to kind of help me walk along the path but also it helps kind of fuel this like fire and spirit in me that i don't know i think that it's one of the the meanings of life is to connect with others and i've got light just pouring onto me right now i know (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah (laughs) i've been just leaning in hard to my podcast because it just i was gonna ask is that Sorry no. for my ignorance, but when did this start? This started in... Did this start before the incident? Oh, yeah. This whole oh, okay. uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it since 2020. My brother and sister-in-law... 2020? Yeah. My brother and sister-in-law, um, they announced that they were having a child in October of 2019. And I was so excited. It was like the best news I've ever had in my life. And um, then pandemic hit, and because my dad works for a local news station, he's pretty much away working for, like, hours upon hours a day. So I was pretty much alone during my, my, my pandemic, essentially, and I didn't know who to talk to. I was craving so much attention uh, and connection, and I decided to pull up my microphone And I knew that there was a new family member on the way. So I decided maybe I should try to talk to them. And I'm like, well, I have no idea what their name is. I have no idea who they're going to be. What could I call them? (laughs) And uh, I remember on the uh, phone call where my brother told me that they were expecting, actually it was my sister-in-law who said, "We're, we're giving birth to a brambling. (laughs) <laughs> and brambling is just a combination of my brother brendan and his wife amber and their couple name is bramber and so then their child to be was going to be a brambling and so i pulled up my microphone and i was just like dear brambling this sucks today blah 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 the pandemic blah everyone's dying dad keeps playing the news blah, blah. anyways um he just became this therapist uh of mine Uh, where I got to just talk about what I was going through. And that's how Dear Brambling started. And it then evolved into having conversations with my parents, getting them ready for grandparenthood. And it evolved into talking about important things that I thought were relevant in current day and some things that were close to my heart. 
and I started having conversations with my friends and family and and I started editing them and I just had this backlog of like a whole bunch of recorded conversations and then I I went through them and I approached everyone I'm like would you want to make this public one day and uh some are yes some are no and the people that said yes I was like okay and I created a Spotify account and here we are season yeah, two that's so <laughs> special yeah and here you are now you're one of my guests one of my friends someone I want to talk about talk to and you know <laughs> what I mean like yeah so I'm just really happy to keep this going and I'm just so happy you're here <laughs> oh, thank you yeah yeah um yeah I'm really glad that this is the first podcast I'm doing because yeah you make me feel really comfortable and like you're a really good friend to have so <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that's that's definitely something I want is no one to really feel like I'm putting them in a compromising position because I know what that feels like and no no we're not doing that that's not one of the, <laughs> the values of this podcast so yeah um you have like such a good personality for it too like you need a room and some chairs with your little your little mugs and <laughs> right that's the goal maybe eventually uh maybe season three i don't know we'll keep it up <laughs> yeah it just really makes me think about legacy and you know leaving behind uh, a message that maybe makes a difference in someone else's life yes yeah anyways i i was actually kind of stalking some of your content and i kind of realized that uh maybe that's something we share in a way mm. what do you think do you think what do you think about when i say the word legacy yeah i think it's something that you want to something you pass on to someone mm -hmm. it could mean like an accomplishment uh I don't know, for me, it would be like something that people know you for, mm -hmm. I think also. And I think I would be one of known for being a good person. Mm. And I feel like I would want other people to carry that on. Like if I had kids, if they were to take anything away from me, it would just be a good person. Because mm. like what a lot of people don't see with my social media and stuff I actually hate social media. <laughs> That's like a whole other topic. I totally get that, yeah. I mainly just do it, or I've always kind of done it just for work purposes. Like, I'll show a dance or a photo shoot, or I very rarely show my real life. Mm. And in my real life, it's like I'm writing, like, personal cards to people. I'm staying up all night doing things for people. I'm like... If it's a coworker's birthday, I'll like buy you a cake and candles and go out of your way to do things for people. And like, that's what I want. Hmm. Like if I have kids, I want them to like recognize that and, and try and do that themselves. So I think that's important. Wow. I love that. Oh, do you actually <laughs> buy people cake and for their birth? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Nicole. <laughs> Every time. You're so yeah. kind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, I was actually looking up uh, a really kind um, definition for legacy, and it was Nelson Henderson who said, The true meaning of life is to plant trees under whose shade you do not expect to sit. Oh. 
And I feel like just what you said there, that is definitely like you're planting trees for people to sit under for their sh for the shade and all that. Another thing that um, the the website mindtools.com said was that legacy can also be a measure of your impact on other people. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. I actually really like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want everyone I encounter them to kind of like take away their interaction with me as like something positive. Mm -hmm. And I also try to never hold grudges, even if someone was kind of not very nice to me or whatever. Like I try to let all of that go. I try to even like ex-boyfriends, I will still be your friend. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's too much energy wasted to not <laughs> to like hold grudges and stuff but yeah just try and be nice to everyone as much as you can mm -hmm. even like when you're driving and some people get really bad road rage mm. i'm just i don't know you don't know what they're going through so <laughs> like, like, like maybe maybe they have like a pregnant wife in the car at the time i don't know <laughs> yeah now you're making me think about this word called sonder which is the feeling we get when we think about how complicated other people's lives are, mm. right? Yeah, I feel like I feel Sonder frequently as well. And, you know, you don't know what other people are going through. And just because they're an extra in your story, just maybe that random girl sipping a latte in the corner of the coffee shop or the intimidating man on the SkyTrain, just listening to music and minding his own business, it's like, yeah, maybe you just pass by them, but they probably have so much going on. Yeah. Right? And how can your presence, even though it is brief, make an impact on someone else uh, in, in a way that feels good to them, right? It's mm -hmm. just kind of why I think it's so important to be kind. And, and people are always coming in and out of your life, too. So, like, I also, that's also why I don't, want to have bad blood with anyone because even look at us mm -hmm. you you go to school together you go do your life and then you reconnect again and that's happened with so many people that I know mm -hmm. and that's why I like to just always leave a good impression and oh my gosh this makes me think of something so since I've been growing on social media more people I guess have been seeing me or it's been my videos have been recommended to them and they're like oh that's Nicole I should reach out I haven't talked to her in a while wow I had multiple people reach out to me from like middle school, like grade three, grade four, grade five, and be like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I was actually having a really hard time in school. And I want to thank you for all the lunches that you skipped to like hang out with me. And my parents were like doing drugs and stuff and like, you actually made my year that year. Oh. You made me forget about my home life and stuff. And I had multiple people say that to me. And I was like, holy shit. That's when I was like, that's what I want mm. to be remembered as. Leaving an impact like that in people. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, oh, I'm just hanging inside because I didn't want to play sports that day or something. I didn't know that I was making some kids like changing their life at the time like <laughs> yeah crazy <laughs> jeez yeah your stories there just made me think of uh the definition of compassion that i really love from pema chodron what she says is that compassion is not a relationship between the wounded and the sick it is a relationship between 
equals, and it is knowing your darkness well enough to sit with others in theirs. And it sounds like you just had this innate understanding of what compassion actually is back in middle school, back in the time where you're just like, <laughs> you're having a shitty day. Okay, well, I'll just be with you. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't have to be anything. It's just, let me just be with you. And yeah. And be, being friends with everyone too. Like I was a floater. Like, you would never be too cool for me. You would never be too nerdy for me. Just be kind to everyone, mm. I feel like. Because mm. you don't know, some of those nerdy people can end up being the coolest people you know 20 years down the line. So, totally. like, look at me. I, I was, no one wanted to date me. I had a best friend who literally ended up dating every guy that I ever had a crush on because she was, like, the hot blonde one. Mm. And I was, like, nerdy tiny ass glasses with braces and so ugly and nerdy and then now everyone's coming back into my life like oh you you had a glow up like <laughs> aww yeah like you missed your chance but <laughs> aww <laughs> like yeah don't judge a book by its cover yeah be nice to everyone and like you don't know what people are going through mm -hmm. absolutely and with that said you kind of make me think of one of the uh, tiktoks that i uh, perused um <laughs> when that kind of stood out to me really truly and it really made me think about legacy but it was the uh it was one of these tiktoks where you, you're dressed up as like this olden time lady with the gloves and mm -hmm. she's like oh do women work now and you're like yeah, yeah sure <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just thought that that whole TikTok just really brought up a lot of really powerful points. And I, would it be okay if I maybe like talk about it with you a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just like one of the points of, you know, the government saying, oh yeah, everyone's equal. But then it's really just more of like a ploy to just get more taxpayers. And then you mention, you know, the comparison of how back in the day women would want to talk to the gals and make freshly baked goods. But yet yeah, now there's this that good life. <laughs> yeah, living that good life. But women wanted more of it, this equality um, thing. It's just it really made me think so hard about how, you know, women tried so hard in its in their history to just be equal to men. And now it's just kind of gotten to this point where capitalism took over and was just like, let's just suck everyone dry. And I don't know, when I, when I saw that TikTok, I just felt really understood as a worker, A, and then B, I felt just so much grief for realizing how much work it took for equality, only to have it like backfire. And I looked at one of the comments of that TikTok and someone said, I don't hate having to work. I hate having no choice but to work yes yes Ooh, shivers like, that's powerful that's powerful <laughs> yeah like tell me about how uh you got some ideas to do that i'm kind of curious as well how you were able to cultivate enough bravery to like speak out on something like this like i i well, just want to know <laughs> <laughs> well first of all it helps that i have an acting background mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm creative but um no, I just see trends and videos and music and like things kind of fall into place. But the more videos that I make in this industry, 
Like my goal is to gain a following, but once I have a following, like I want to start making actual points. Like I want to use my humor to actually make you think mm. may- and like teach you something and show you like these men are working really hard and they're underpaid. Mm. Like I want to bring up real life problems that are going on that no one's really talking about. Or no one's really listening, mm. especially for a lot of things to do with men. Like, I feel like men say it, but then they're dismissed. Mm. But if you have a girl coming in and being like, no, I'm saying this is what they have to go through. And that's bullshit. Sorry, but I don't know. I don't want to say that. You know, just <laughs> you can swear as much as we want. We've already sworn like three, four, five times. Don't worry. Anyways, keep okay. going. <laughs> yeah, like that's messed up. I want to be a voice for them. Mm. Like, no, listen to me. Because what they're saying is valid. What they're doing is like, I don't know. So yeah, I want to make funny things and stuff. But I eventually want to make more videos like that and be like, no, this is really what the world's like. Mm. Open up your eyes to these problems and start a conversation. So that's kind of my goal. Wow. Well, that TikTok alone left kind of an impact on me. And I think you're already starting to do that. And so... It just kind of feels like you're using your voice to kind of create that awareness to the problem. And it's just interesting that you were mentioning that now that you're talking about it, it seems like people are now listening. So it's very interesting that a woman in your field using her voice to speak out about issues that men are having to go through. That's, I don't think a lot of people think about that or ever happening. I don't know. No, and... That's like most people in this industry who are female, every single one I've seen. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm doing this to inspire girls to join trades. And it's like, I'm in the trade. I don't care if you're a girl or a boy, like just work hard. But also I'm in the trades to, how do I say this? I have a construction dad and a construction brother. And me being in the trades has shown me like, I've been able to relate to them better. Mm -hmm. I've been able to actually see what they go through. I've been able to appreciate men better, Mm -hmm. honestly. So me joining trades is also very different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also because, like, I'm not a tradie. I'm, like, just coming in from a whole other world just seeing what it's like. But, yeah, like, for me, it's I'm here to learn how to appreciate men, how to understand them better, Mm -hmm. how to help them. Um, If I can, like, I've learned a lot about relationships or, like, how the men think so much of me going to work. It's like, oh, my God, I understand my dad and my brother now. Mm. Before, I thought they were weird. Like, I, I just, a lot of their mannerisms, the things they say, the things they do. I was like, who are you? What the hell? Like, I'm used to being with kind of actory guys and, like, it, two different types of men, let me just tell you. And I always thought my brother was an alien like who like you're so i can't even describe but now i see it i see what he has to go through every day i see Mm. the environment he's in who speaks to him Mm. like that it is not nice my brother they've probably gone through like really shitty times and when they come home after work, girls don't understand that. Girls are like, okay, well, now you can cut the lawn, and now you can uh, go fix the dryer, and now you can do that. All you, all a guy wants to do when he comes home from work is sit down, 
have a shower, have a nap. Like, he's exhausted. He's drained. He just had so many guys yell at him all day. Mm. These greedy people are like, hurry up, hurry up. Like, make me money. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm getting into it. But, like, once you see that and experience that, like, my appreciation for those workers are like, I understand you. I respect you. Anyway, I went on a random tangent. No, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. I. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I want to, I want to think about that for a second. That was, that's really cool. Basically, I'm, I just have so much respect for guys now. <laughs> like, uh-huh. So much more respect. Yeah, it just kind of sounds like there's this culture, essentially, that's created in society where men are supposed to be the providers. They are supposed to be the ones making all the money. It seems as though you're kind of understanding this, there, there's a lot of pressure on men as well. And that mm-hmm. maybe there is also a lot of stigma and um, societal pressure for men to essentially be like the superhuman. And society really likes to say that, you know, men need to be the providers, men need to be the strong ones. And oh. um, I remember reading somewhere that the greatest shame response in men is perceived weakness. So, yeah. Uh, for for lots of men, it's like, if I'm perceived as weak, therefore I am, like, dishonorable, I am worthless, I'm not deserving of any, like, love, belonging, or connection if I'm weak, because that's what it means to be a man. And uh, it almost feels as though the dynamic, is, is essentially what you're telling me about with, like, your relationship with your dad and your brother was that there's a lot of women who don't understand maybe kind of feed into this stereotype and kind of perpetuate it it sounds like you're saying i don't know if i i I don't know well oh i could see okay i wasn't i didn't mean to come across like that but i actually maybe maybe we're onto something here i don't know yeah well like that's what it sounds like is like you got this understanding now working with all these men and that you not knowing beforehand actually yeah life was like yeah it kind of sounds like you're saying that your brother was an alien. Like, you didn't understand why he's just so this like, or that. He, yeah. Like, right? why are you so, like, dirty? Like, why are you so dirty? <laughs> like, I'm a neat freak, so clean. He's so dirty. Now that I've been in construction, I can literally eat food off of, like, black, brown, disgusting hands. Filthy, filthy hands. I will still eat food. Like, it just changes your mindset on mm-hmm. so many different things. Anyway. But um, what I kind of have noticed, though, with why the men do also some of the things that they do is I think it goes back. I did kind of do some research on this. Um, It goes back like generations and generations. Usually back in the day, like men had to work, essentially, like girls worked, especially in that video you brought up when she was like, oh, girls didn't work. A lot of girls did message me saying like, girls have worked this whole time. But it's like, okay, well, yeah, they sewed and they did pick up some of the slack when guys went to war. Like they did have jobs, but they didn't know what they've never gotten paid as much as a man Mm. or if they got paid at all. Like they're probably just doing that just to survive or like pennies. But men have mainly done all the work as in making the income Mm. while girls like stayed home that was kind of the role so in a relationship if a guy is providing you with a shelter and all this stuff your food like he's paying for everything 
as a girl, it's like, oh my God, this guy loves me. He's willing to go out and work super hard and he's willing to like give up his life essentially to provide for his whole family. Like that's love. Mm. Like that's love. And I feel like that has kind of gone through the generations and I see these guys at work and they still have that mindset, but mm-hmm. it's not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. But a, so a guy, I'll see these guys and they go home from work and they think they're like a freaking emperor and like, I did all this, like I do all this, I do all this. Girls make money now too. Mm-hmm. So for a girl, if you're just paying the bills now, that's not showing me love. Mm. That's just a that's just a necessity to be in a partnership now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of girls are breaking up with these guys and a lot of these guys are divorced because they didn't learn like love languages. Mm. Like girls don't care about gifts and stuff anymore. Girls want you to do like acts of service or quality time. They want you to communicate. They want you to listen. They want you to be there emotionally. And so like the guy, a lot of these guys, I still talk to them and they're like, yeah, but I'm like paying for all her shit and she just doesn't care. But it's like, bro, that's not what we want because she can make her own money to buy that. That's not, that's you thinking that's how she perceives love but did you ever ask her how she perceives love Mm, mm, and good thought good yeah wow yeah Um, and that's just one of the many things that i've noticed from like these guys in this environment that is construction maybe other male dominated careers too but um what i've noticed so far in this particular uh career mm -hmm. it's, it's very much like that also one other thing that I've learned as well I'll try not to talk too much about this but but it's like um what is it called um oh my god hold on pause (laughs) what is it called it's called we'll have to come back to it why can't I think of it it's okay maybe uh I'll I'll uh, circle back to what we just said, okay, and I'll give okay. you some time to think about it. And maybe what I say okay. might bring it up. So what it sounded like you're talking about was that a lot of men think that it makes them worthy when they can provide for their spouse. Mm-hmm. It makes them worthy as a man, right? Yeah. That providing yeah. is the only source. As a man. As a man, <laughs> right? And... It sounds like what you're trying to say is that men can be more than one thing. Yeah. And they are still stuck in the cycle that they can only be one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's making me think of shame, right? We're, We're living in the society filled with shame, filled with societal norms and all this stuff. And, uh, shame can be defined as, the painful feeling we get when we feel like we're inherently flawed and unworthy of love, belonging, and connection. And uh, it can come up through the words that we say with describing yourself as like, yeah, I'm a provider. If we're to break down the linguistics of that statement, I'm a provider, it's pretty much just saying that 100% of me is this one thing. 
Mm. Right. And that's essentially shame language if we were to really break it down. And if we were to use language as, say, a hammer, as a tool to help break apart our shame, maybe saying something like, I feel happiest when blank. I even find that sometimes those who are riddled in shame also like to say things like, oh, yeah, I'm the best. I'm unbeatable. Um, (laughs) Because that, too, is describing yourself as only one thing. I think what it sounds like you're talking about, especially with this uh, love language point that you're bringing up, is that love needs to be expressed through more than one way as well, right? Um, Love is always dancing with the feeling of belonging. You can't really take one out and expect the other one to thrive. The moment Mm -hmm. you take one out, all you have is pain and suffering. And if we're feeling shame, that means we're feeling like we're unworthy of belonging. And so if we can try to remove shame from our lives as best as we can, we can then realize that we can belong anywhere if we really put up the right parameters and we feel like we can just show up as ourselves and that being enough. And I feel as though because this whole societal norm of being the provider, being the strong one, being the one that shoulders the burden all the time is definitely one of the main reasons why men are suffering so much from mental health and for having the highest suicide rate. That's another thing. Like these guys that I work with, yeah, they don't talk. (laughs) Like they talk kind of, but they definitely have nowhere near the type of friend groups that girls have typically, Mm -hmm. which is why girls typically are, I heard, live longer or like can even be happier being single because they have such a friend group Mm, essentially mm -hmm. i heard guys if they're single they will be less happy actually near the end of their life or live like shorter lives Mm -hmm. for that reason yeah like they have so much stuff inside that they don't talk about and i Mm -hmm. feel like that leads to a lot of drinking and drugs actually that's absolutely that's what i notice a lot also on these sites <laughs> like, yes i uh, <laughs> i that's actually something i was hoping to ask you about is that um something i've always been told and something that i talk about a lot in this podcast is that language is the blueprint to creating a culture right it all begins with the words that we say and how we say them and being mindful about what words we say and so mm-hmm. For me, I actively search out workplaces that keeps language in mind to create a sense of belonging. That's actually really important. And I'm just kind of curious about what kind of things do you hear at construction sites in a male-dominated industry? And do you feel as though the culture is uh, healthy for you? Do you feel like belonging is something that is uh, valued? in construction sites these days there's a lot of alpha guys on this Mm. site too you'll see a lot of alphas yeah this is another thing where it's like oh i understand my dad and my brother now some guys are not treated well but actually i don't know i kind of i look at the different generations though and it kind of seems like there's hope (laughs) i feel like if you're a boomer 
those are the ones who were like get her done f you you piece of shit like mm-hmm. you better do this my granny could work harder than you like mm-hmm. like i feel like they really man quote unquote man mentality like yeah. <laughs> like grow and, a pair man up get her done yeah just and, give her bud because <laughs> they're trying to be men like that was what men were mm-hmm. work hard and you like or you're tough like mm-hmm. that's that's it and then what i've noticed about gen x is they might have like experienced not as bad or maybe they were shit on and they're like i want to change that a little bit so i find they're very helpful they're the guys who will be like oh i'll show you how to do it yeah they're like in their 40s and like they have raised kids and like saw how that went and stuff and i don't know they're just a bit more helpful a little bit nicer than millennials us we don't yell as much. We're just working hard, like work, work, work. We mm-hmm. will get the job done. We're down and like, we'll f- do whatever, like get it done. Um, we're, our work ethic's very hard. And then Gen Z <laughs> are on their phones a lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, wow. like very slower kind of like, <laughs> hmm. I don't know if they care as much. Maybe they're just young. <laughs> But that being said, regardless, they're not as rude. <laughs> like, okay. That's kind of been brought down. So I feel like there's hope in that sense. Like they're definitely more respectful. It's more, I think, team mentality. A lot of I work with a lot of young people, too. Like I, I actually really like working with a younger crew. Mm. Yeah. So there's hope. But mainly, yeah, I feel like. A lot of guys have been yelled at their whole lives, and um, and I think that really has probably transferred into their home lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of dads probably drank too much when they got home. A lot of dads probably didn't take as good care of the kids as they should have or spent as much time with their kids as they should have or was me maybe yelled at their kids <laughs> more because they were used to it so it's like mm-hmm. i get yelled at every day i'm gonna yell at you why the fuck you didn't do your homework like yeah sorry, i'm sorry again but no that's but, i've i've had people say that to me so i understand yeah yeah one of the uh, support working that i do right now is working with those with addiction and I I feel a lot of empathy and grief for those who are struggling with some sort of addiction because addiction is just pain management mm-hmm. if we really boil it down. And I think personally that to exist means to feel free. And when your sober existence is just nothing but pain, mm. where can you feel that freedom? Well, maybe in a substance, maybe in an altered state of perception. And you were mentioning that, you know, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol on these sites, unfortunately. And I wonder if... Well, know, it, I, I, not on the job site. Well, <laughs> depends what trade you're on. <laughs> but like, not really on the job site. I actually, sorry, I'll let you finish your small thought and then um, I'll continue. No worries. All good. I just wonder if like a lot of these men are feeling as though the only place they can be free is at work. 
Probably. And at work, uh, there is a culture of screaming and yelling at each other, and that could maybe perpetuate some more pain. And so then some of these guys feel as though they can't even show up to the work site without smoking a joint or yeah. without um, cracking open a beer. That's probably how they release some of their pain, too, is just, like, yelling at other people. Yeah. You don't yell at other people for no reason, typically. Like, probably have a lot of shit going on inside, and you're like, well, I'm going to take it out on everyone else. <laughs> hmm Yeah, no, it was uh, Maya Angelou who said that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And, um... Have have you been kind of personally affected by a culture like this, or have you been handling it? I actually... Okay, this is what I was going to get at. I love working with men. I get along better with men than I do women, actually. And this is the thing. Like, when I'm at work, I'm with these guys where they're their freshest, they're their soberest, they're their most focused... It's early in the morning, they're sharp, they're funny, they're like, that. they're at their best. Mm. Like, I'm not the wife where later on he's probably, like, drunk and who knows what he's doing, but, but I'm there when they're all amazing. Mm. <laughs> and so, like, for me, I just love it. I think they're so helpful, they're so kind, they're sometimes too kind- there's a line between being a gentleman and being like pushy asshole. <laughs> mm, mm, I was curious about that, but yeah, like don't take a ladder out of my hands, assuming I'm not strong enough to hold it. Mm. And a lot of shit like that can happen. But if you're like, oh, it looks like your hands are full. Do you want me to carry that for you? I'd be like, yes, you're a gentleman. Mm, but say, but making me feel like oh you're too weak to hold that if i did that to a guy oh you're the skinniest guy here like let me let me hold that tool for you oh my god i'd be ripped to shreds he would be yeah. so offended that would offend a guy so much if you were like you're the skinniest one here can i hold that for you oh my god but yeah. most of the people ask me beforehand like they don't assume things and a lot of them let me like okay you want to you want to lift that heavy ass thing go try and i'll be like okay i will <laughs> they're very supportive and that's like why i love my job surprisingly i didn't expect that mm-hmm. um but yeah these guys are the reason i'm continuing doing this like my coworkers are everything to me Wow. Yeah, I get that question a lot. They're like, how is it in a male-dominated area, career? And it's like, I don't know. It's awesome. Because <laughs> like, I, I don't see the bad stuff, really. Mm-hmm. And like, also, I'm like a pretty good worker, so no one's going to yell at me. But I am also am a girl. So are people going to yell at a girl? Probably not, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone would have ever yell at me, even if I was a boy or whatever. But It's fascinating. It really is. You know, I, I I watch some, like, crime dramas. It's one of my favorite TV shows to watch. Mm. And one that I was getting into was this show called SWAT. It's, like, all about a SWAT team in L.A., and there's a girl on it, and they really like to dive into some of the systemic issues that are in, like, the police and how their system is very much against women and how a lot of the tests to become a SWAT member are based off men's physical ability 
and women have to match that to be in SWAT, which is like already putting them at a disadvantage. And they, they bring up some issues in that show, like hazing and initiation. And I think a lot of people see it on media, these instances of like hazing and initiation and like forcing new people or women in male dominated jobs to do things to become a part of the group that are very uncomfortable or very not okay. And I don't know if you've gone through this, but I think that's just where a lot of people maybe are coming from. I think that's honestly any industry. Mm -hmm. I actually felt that was more so in film. It's weird. In like construction, guys have like a lingo Mm. and you got to know how to speak it. You have to be confident and you have to be funny their hazing is like can you take a joke like Mm. it's called busting balls (laughs) okay they're gonna say dumb things to you and like as a girl you'd be like oh you fat idiot if you say that to a girl she's gonna be like so offended Mm. but to a guy you just say it back you Mm -hmm. you kind of like bounce off each other you don't mean it you're not hateful but you're Mm. allowed to like bust each other's balls like make fun of each other like whatever and if you could take that then it's like, oh, okay, you're cool. Okay. Like, okay. You, can, you can take a joke. I can work with you. Okay. But in film, yes. In mm. film, directors will make you crawl on your knees, will make you put you in degrading positions, in auditions. They There's so much. Ah, that's why I got out of the industry. It's just, it's, it's broken. It's mm. broken. They take advantage of you. Um, you make hella good money though, but <laughs> <laughs> but there, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's where everyone wants to be, but it's like, at what cost? Mm, so, wow. so um, yeah, I totally rather just hang with the guys, and make jokes all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, like doing things like that also has given me more confidence. I'm so confident at work now. Like even social media, they're making fun of me and stuff, but it's like they're making fun of my work. Mm. Or they're making fun of like how funny I am. Like it's like lighthearted stuff. Whereas like in film, like and you show your work, they make fun of your looks. They make mm. fun of more personal things that mm. I think is pretty dangerous um, for people joining social media who like haven't had this 10 years of like learning whatever. If you're just joining social media and you're like trying to post all your stuff and and people are going to come for like your person. That's where it hurts. Yeah. But like if you're like making fun of like, oh, you bent that. Okay, well, that's just a skill. I could get better at bending. Like mm. that doesn't mm-hmm. that's not me attacking me personally. Or like, oh, that joke sucked. Like, I don't know. I could change my, my joke. Like, it's not, it's like lighthearted stuff. You're not attacking me like, you're a shitty person. Right. You're, you're ugly. Like, it's yeah. not, it's things that I can change. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I feel like, I don't know how I got onto this topic, but like, if you're joining social media, I've seen a lot of people since being on social media, I've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people leave because mm-hmm. they're like, holy shit, like people are so mean. Mm-hmm. But when you're so confident in yourself, then you're just like, oh, I don't care if I'm unfiltered or not or makeup or whatever. I can look so ugly like I don't care because I can just brush it off now because mm-hmm. I I know who I am as a person. And then everything mm-hmm. else, I can either change it kind of or 
take your opinion with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's and that's an impressive skill set because I sometimes struggle with trying not to take things too personally sometimes. And I get this thing where my thoughts tend to spiral a little bit, even though I'm trying so hard not to let it affect me. I can't help but to think about it and me resisting not trying to think about it, if that makes any sense, it makes it worse. And then I start trying to stop thinking about it, which only makes me think about it, which makes me yes. want to stop thinking about it. And even though it's like, oh, that joke sucked. I'm like, ah, oh no, he doesn't like me. Oh no, I'm going to go to hell. Oh no, I'm going to get fired. Oh no, I'm the social outcast. Like sometimes I get this way. And no, it's just really impressive. Everyone online is just a troll. Like I have guys saying dumb things to me, offensive things to me all the time online. But any guy I've ever worked with in person has never said anything bad about me. Mm. And that's when you know, if guys were saying that like in real life or I heard down the line that someone was talking behind my back whatever like i know for a fact no one has ever said anything bad about my work or my person me personally so yeah anyone online is just a troll mm -hmm. just a troll never believe what they're saying take with a grain of salt there like maybe there's some criticism that you could take into consideration but most of the time they're just sad and alone sitting in their room with nothing better to do like mm -hmm. So don't listen to them. Yeah. Well, that, that actually brings up a good point that like lots of feedback and criticism is with the intention of trying to make someone else feel better. But ultimately, if we were to boil it down, it's just a reflection of about how they feel about themselves. Yeah, basically. Most right? of the time. Most of the time. I think what's really empowering, at least for me, is that I have the choice to listen to it or not. Yeah. And that's really cool. I really like that. <laughs> I wasn't really expecting this to turn into like a men's mental health conversation, but it totally yeah. did. And <laughs> so I'm super good. grateful for it because um, that's been something I've actually been uh, getting into a little bit is just trying to figure out like, what does it mean to be a healthy man or like be myself and still consider myself masculine? Like, where do I find that line? Because I don't sound masculine. I don't really act oh. all that masculine. I, you know what I mean? Like this whole concept of what masculinity is for me, I think is just all bullshit. And I know. For honestly, me, that's, that's my next TikTok. Mm. Is that, sorry, finish what you're going to say. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, it's all good. You can interrupt, but um. I, I think it's all just bullshit. And I think really truly what it means to be a man or like a, a good, healthy man these days is just try and become a better person. And wow, we just went full circle. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. I want to make a TikTok basically kind of outlining things like that. I want to show before, like, this is what a man is. And I want to play, like, loud music and tattoos and really strong and what someone would picture as, like, manly. Yeah. And then I want to be like, what a real man is, and be like, having a dad braiding his daughter's hair. Aww. That is what a man is, is taking time and being attentive mm -hmm. and listen and being caring. And I think a lot of guys just think like, yeah, it's about being the alpha and making the money. 
and like this is a whole other thing I could talk about too but a lot of guys are like I wear the pants in this house Mm. Mm. and it's like you don't even know what's going on at your house Mm. most women are the ones who take care of all the house stuff the children like a lot of guys don't even remember their kids birthdays when asked like there's so many (laughs) videos on that and like if you ask them like who's your kid's best friend like i don't know my wife knows or like who does all the planning for all the events for christmas for all these things it's usually the wife the Mm -hmm. wife usually takes care this is where i was going and i still can't remember what the word is Oh, it's called mental labor. I think it's mental labor. Okay. And so... What is that? Tell me more. So a lot of girls end up taking on mental labor, which is Mm -hmm. essentially... So this is something I'll probably talk about in the future as well, because I think a lot of men need to hear this. And maybe they'll listen because I'm a girl. (laughs) Hopefully that's my goal. I I kind of put this into terms for a guy like you have your little apprentice men and you have your foreman. Okay. Mm. So a little apprentice men, they are the ones that they just want to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. Like you just tell them like, go do that. And then they just go do it because they can mindlessly turn their brain off and do that. Kind of like how when you drive to work sometimes and you're like, I don't even remember driving. I don't, I don't even know how I got here. Because your brain just goes into low energy mode and you just essentially go on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So you're you're using up no energy, okay? Mm -hmm. A foreman not only is doing the work, he has to remember everything that's going on, the blueprints, the material lists, what we need to do next, what we need to order next, who, how am I going to delegate all my people, like what jobs do I need to get done, what, like time management, he's Mm -hmm. thinking so much and that uses up energy Mm -hmm. and there's like a whole other thing that I, that I can prove how that uses up energy but yeah, if you are mentally thinking all the time, it uses up twice as much energy Mm -hmm. and so most people are like, I don't want to be a foreman because you're doing labor and mental labor. You're doing wow. physical labor and mental labor. So then yeah. a woman ends up working as well because now we have jobs too. Mm-hmm. And then she comes home and now she's remembering birthdays. She's remembering events. She's remembering what do I have to cook tonight? She's remembering most things like homework, time, like projects. Essentially, she's thinking about her stuff, but also kids also doing the husband stuff as well Mm -hmm. and the house stuff. And then she's drained. And a lot of guys will come home like, why are you so tired? Like, you didn't work like as hard as me. Mm. Yeah, but I used half of my energy also like using my mind. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. That's why a lot of people look down on housewives and stuff too. It's like, you didn't really do anything. Okay, I did all that and I'm like remembering all your shit too. Like mm-hmm. I'm keeping every I'm keeping the house together. Like, like mm-hmm. So that's why um I wanted to make the point of like you can either be an apprentice, a builder boy, or you can be like a foreman. And most women will love foremans. Mm-hmm. They want a guy who can remember half that stuff for them. Mm-hmm. They want a guy because that builds trust. It's like, I can rely on you 
to take some of this labor off of me now. Mm -hmm. That's what a girl wishes and hopes from a man. Like that's mm -hmm. a man to her. Someone who not just does physical labor, but who's like mentally there, who remembers things, who's got it together. So that's also what I think like a man is. Someone who can take that mental labor off of their spouse. Mm, I think that's powerful. Yeah. And what you're making me think of as well is that I think scientists just recently found out that the neurons in our brains, when they fire in response to like physical pain, it's the exact same neurons that fire when we experience emotional pain. They, our brain doesn't know the difference. And so emotional pain is just as painful as like breaking your leg, like, I don't know, betrayal or a death in the family. It's just as painful as any type of physical injury. And I think it really needs to be treated as such these days is, you know, if someone like really emotionally wounds you, we got to like, not just pull ourselves from the bootstraps and burden the pain because it makes us seem stronger that way. That's not true. I like to think about, you know, anxiety as like a thought injury. You know, our thoughts are hurt. And if we were to compare like anxiety to say like a broken foot, a lot of times we try to think ourselves out of anxiety, which is equivalent to like walking on a broken foot. Mm. Right? Like it's not going to help us. So we got to find a different approach. And I think what you're trying to allude to is that a lot of the times men find that connection is a sign of weakness that connecting with others about what we're going through mentally, having our mental labor, as you were saying, we need to connect with people and communicate more yeah. freely and more openly and more vulnerably in order for that uh, emotional pain to be released. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to really do it. And your little apprentice metaphor with the foreman metaphor is also kind of making me think about a metaphor that I would bring up a lot um, when working at Starbucks. Tell me what you think about it. I, I'd be very in okay. intrigued. But for me, working at Starbucks felt like the moment I punched in, uh, it felt like I was taking my first step over a wooden rickety bridge that had a 400 foot drop. That's kind of what it felt like sometimes. Like I'm about to take my first step onto the bridge and I've got some of my other coworkers already on the bridge just trying to survive. I've got um, some coworkers who don't care about policy and procedure and standards who are just going to, whatever, I'm going to do whatever I want, and they're going to, like, sprint past you. Mm. Some people are going along this bridge like an army crawl. Some people are going very slowly. And some people at the very end of the bridge are double-bouncing you, trying to see what it's like for you to, when you're in your life-or-death situation. And they're going to think it's funny, but it's not. For me, standards, procedure, policy, and boundaries are the handrails that we hold on to to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And some people, in my experience, have been burnt by these uh, handrails. Some people have used these handrails to whack other people over across the head and really hurt them. So they lose trust in a lot of standards. And they would much prefer to build their own handrails because that's something that they built, that's something that they can control, that's something that they're familiar with. And to surrender to the bridge's handrails feels more like life or death. But sometimes what happens is that when you try to like bring someone else across the bridge with your handrails, you're disrupting the whole system, if that makes any sense. I don't know. 
but this I is kind of what I felt. Good oh. that you got a new job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it can really feel that way sometimes. Um, but I don't know if uh, your job site is anything like that. I can. Uh, is yeah, anything relatable. Yeah, that uh, I can relate to that. It also um, made me think about another point of like what is a man mm. like i think a lot of people think what is a man is like when you're talking about the handrails and stuff it was kind of like a man doesn't care about his own safety i guess mm. i see that a lot like i'm mm -hmm. a man i can work on live wires i'm a man i don't need a harness on this roof i'm a man i don't I don't need steel toe boots, even though there's nails everywhere. I see that everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then they get hurt and they're like, I'm a man. I'm not going to call work safe because because I'm not no tattletale bitch. Like <laughs> that's the mentality. Mm -hmm. You see these people again, like working their asses off, working very fast because they're cutting so many corners and they're disregarding their safety. Mm. But it's like, that's not a man. I feel like a company owner just told you that was a man. So you would do this stuff for him really fast so he could make more money. Mm. Essentially, I think that's what it all comes down to is someone higher up is putting pressure on you and telling you this is what a man is so you can harm yourself in order to make him money and mm. that just made me think of that because um the handrails and like people yeah. are close to jumping off the edge <laughs> yeah well you bring up another point that like i was saying that sometimes people just don't trust it because they've been hurt by standard and policy and procedures but you bring up another point which is very valid which is some people just think they're better than it yeah. Some people yeah. just think that the, their way is the best way and it, that they're amazing and they don't think that their shit stinks as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very sad. Yeah. It's, and they it, know it, it's sad because then they're going to hurt themselves and then they're going to be whining about it, but then keeping it in because they have no one to tell to because apparently man doesn't tell their feelings to anyone and then they end up drinking. <laughs> like, it's just a cycle. <laughs> It really is. Yes. All I'm saying is future brambling, maybe avoid construction. <laughs> That's a takeaway. <laughs> or you go into it, but I think this is a great conversation to help educate what the culture is like in the construction world. And um, I'm just so grateful to have a conversation like this. I was totally not expecting this, but <laughs> Me I neither. love it. it it's awesome. It's like, it's a, uh, I love like it. Like I told you before, I was like, there's so many paths I could take. And apparently we chose this one. <laughs> I am totally down for that because uh, I am very much about mental health. I think health. it's fitting though, because we're talking about men and this is for your nephew. Maybe mm -hmm. he'll learn something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I, uh, in the past, I had a seven part conversation with my friend Scott where he's a holistic men's coach and we talked about men's mental health for essentially seven hours wow um so to have now you come on and have a female's perspective in a male dominated industry and talking about mental health for men it's like it's all fitting in it's all perfect <laughs> but yeah I was just wondering would you be down to maybe do a quick little rapid fire with me to end it off <laughs> okay. I'll try. <laughs> okay, and listen, if you need to take like 10 minutes per question, it's fine. Okay. It doesn't have to be rapid fire. 
Um, but a question I like to ask because it's me and I love it so much, but do you have a favorite Pokemon? Okay. Um, any fire type. Okay. Like, my, I always was, like, big Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, like, that's my go-to. But then, like, all, like, the Vulpix and the Growlithe, like, those yeah. are real cute, too. But recently, it was Luxray. Oh. Because, like, I am, like, a cat person, and mm-hmm. now I'm an electrical. And I only realized this, like, two days ago. But, like, that that was, like, my main one um, in my on my, like, Game Boy and stuff was, like, Luxray. Really? Luxray, oh, my God. And then now I was, like, oh, my gosh, I'm an electrical. I love cats. Like, this is literally my Pokemon. It like, is. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I love Luxray. So cool. I, I've used far too many Luxrays in my life. <laughs> I love them. It's so much Wait, fun. Wait, what was yours? Um, my favorite Pokemon right now, I think, is Dreepy. It's a newer one. Um, oh. It's like this ghost dragon that loves to be like... Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. Okay, ghost dragon. Yeah, it's a ghost dragon that likes to be launched out of like cannons at super speed. And what's really cute is that when it evolves, it becomes like a bigger Dreepy, and it takes care of a little Dreepy on its head. And then when it evolves again, it essentially becomes like a really big Dreepy, but with like a big head that oh, has know, two cannons head. where the two Dreepies get to live. It takes care of two Dreepies, and then it sh- fires. Oh, it's so cute. What? It's so I'm cute. I'm looking this up. Look it up. Yeah, it's, like, weird but cute, and I just love how That's the whole so species cute. likes to, like, take care of themselves, take care of each other. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Aww. It's like Kangaskhan. I guess, where it takes care of a, a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Aww. That's um, a good one. Yeah. Aww. Pokemon chats. One of my favorite <laughs> types of chats. Um, what does vulnerability mean to you? Um, vulnerability to me means to be like open, um, to have your walls down. Mm. Um, and I think it can be scary, but it can also be healing. Mm. Well said. Wow. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Uh, what's your favorite food? Oh my god, I I don't know. Um, I I'm not a picky eater, so I can't eat anything. Food is more like fuel to me. Okay. Like I don't. But like my go-to's, I do have go-to's. Like I will get like a a tofu pangoa bowl from Freshy. Ooh. Or, like, a veggie sub. Those are, like, okay. my go-tos. Mmm. Mm. Trying to eat healthy. <laughs> yeah. Eat healthy, friends. Do it. Um, do you have a favorite movie? Um, well, I don't know what. I was in the movie industry for 10 years, and I got this question a surprising amount. Oh, Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been able to answer it. <laughs> oh, okay. I am not a movie person. Okay. I, like, didn't, 
Yeah, I don't really watch movies, like, ever. I think my old answer used to be, like, Butterfly Effect. Mm. Or just maybe Black Mirror. I guess Black Mirror's TV show. Anything that would make me think. If it makes okay. me, like, think, mm. I'd be like, oh, like, that could be, okay. you know, a reality. Like, something cool like that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Do you have a favorite TV show? Would that be an easier question to answer as well or um you said black mirror but... i did say black mirror but honestly i, I uh watch um reality tv mm. like, <laughs> no I that's just, fair i like having something mindless on mm-hmm. i didn't really start watching tv up until like three years ago because i moved into the place that i have now like seven years ago and i like didn't bother ever getting cable or like netflix or i didn't even have a tv honestly um so it this is like recent but yeah i realized that i like binge watching like mindless like bachelorette too hot to handle yeah all those kind of netflixy shows so okay yeah i i hate how much i love big brother sometimes oh yeah my friend i think was on that what the canadian one or the american one second Canadian she came in second oh my god yeah her name's Heather holy crap (laughs) recently no not recent okay um I don't know how many years ago yeah she's super cool that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) hello um that's awesome wow let's see interesting question okay you're called to do something brave but you're very afraid to do it and you're the only one who can do it what's the first thing you do um okay i actually know the answer to this because <laughs> this happens like every day at work wow. yeah <laughs> so um i literally just go slow mm. take my time reassure myself in my head that i can do it mm. and just try to have faith that everything will be okay (laughs) yeah i mean if you're the only one who can do it you got to get it done Mm. all you can really do is hope and pray that it's gonna work out (laughs) but um i think yeah trying is important believing in yourself Mm. is important Mm -hmm. you got this nicole (laughs) i love it yeah my word. I'm just like having a small flashback to when I did a really brave thing when my friend died. And I didn't even really think. I just thought he needs someone near him right now. That's the only thing I thought. And uh, from what my my brother and my cousins were telling me is like, I was just all of a sudden like at the bottom of the cliff there. And they didn't even, like, blink or realize that I hadn't done anything. Just, like, suddenly I was hopping the fence. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of fascinating. I I can't really go over what I was thinking about, but all I really knew in my heart was, like, he needs someone to be with him and check on him. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, when I'm called to do a brave thing, I just think about compassion. I don't know. Yeah, I think I was thinking like different scenarios in my head for sure. 
<laughs> hey, I mean, like, it all counts, though, right? Other, like, I mean, I think it all is applicable, too, right? Like, I th yeah, having to perform CPR on someone uh, yeah. or, you know, dealing with a lot of I guess in that case, yeah, stuff. I, I wouldn't go slow and take my time. <laughs> so, like, that doesn't apply to that But at scenario, the same but... time, what it sounds like you're saying when you say, like, go slow, take your time is, like, gather your composure, take care of yourself. That's definitely something they were teaching me in like my first aid course was like, mm. we have to be selfish when giving first aid. We have to take care of ourselves mm. first. And um, yeah, when I hear like, go slow, take your time and like say some really encouraging things to yourself, it all kind of sounds like the same thing. Honestly, mm -hmm. it's like, compose yourself, take a deep breath, protect yourself, you know, um, I guess, finally, my last question would be like, what is something you'd want to say to the next generation of humans growing up in the world? Um, well, for one, be yourself. Mm. Uh, if I've learned anything throughout this crazy journey I've been on, it's that when I was trying to push content through my art, no one really gave a shit, which I mentioned. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I stopped wearing makeup, I showed how funny and how goofy I am, how knowledgeable or helpful I can be. All of a sudden, people didn't care what I looked like and what I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. They just started liking me because I was me. Wow. Unfiltered, down to earth, and super relatable. And that's what I think the world needs. Mm. Yeah. Mwah. <laughs> chef's kiss i love that wow well thank you so much nicole for being willing to do this with me i'm so happy to have yeah. you <laughs> but yeah thank you so much and um yeah i guess that's it well, thank you enjoyed this conversation i had so much fun chatting with her and catching up with her and again i just want to say thank you so much nicole for compassionately sitting with me while i tell my story about my trauma and i really enjoyed catching up with her and hearing her insights and learning a little bit about her workplace culture and all of that it's been so fascinating. So please, please, please go check out Nicole. Um, links to her social medias will be in the description below. And yeah, thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. And I hope to see you for the next episode. And to my bramblings, I just want you to know that I love you so much. So, so much. I'm thinking about you guys all the time. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hug you again. Until next time, guys, bye for now.
The Dear Brambling Podcast is a podcast dedicated to my little bramblings, to the next generation of humans growing up in the world, as well as to anyone who might be looking for a little more guidance in their life. It is hosted by me, Luke Benoit. Editing and sound design are by Cedar Picture and Sound, MB Productions, and Hido Productions. The music that you're listening to is called Curiosity, and it's composed by Matthew Grazier at Grazier Music. The logo was designed by Misaki at Hostess Misaki on Twitch TV. And if you'd like to follow me on any social media, you can do so on Twitch as well as on Instagram at Lucatronosaurus Rex. And to anyone who is listening to the podcast this far in, I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I really do appreciate it. I do, however, need to say that this podcast was brought to you for education and entertainment purposes and should not be used as a substitute for actual licensed coaching, counseling, or therapy. If you are experiencing some sort of pain in your life and you need some help, I definitely recommend shopping around for the right coach, counselor, or therapist that is right for you. With all that being said, I really do hope that you're doing something today to take care of yourself, and I do hope that you have a great rest of your day. Bye for now.